Boker Tov. Good morning, everyone. For those who have been joining us, we've been studying Simon Kufmem Gimel, laws of Kriyas Torah, and we've been talking about the situation, uh, the halachas about what happens when you find a psal, an invalidation in a Sefer Torah. We've talked about what you do if it happens middle of the Kriya, if it happens in Gavra Gavra, what do you do? Um, the question is, what is considered, considered a psal? What's considered a halachic invalidation? So in Sif, again, this is still in Sif Gimel, the way I sort of am understanding it, if you kind of sort out what the Mishabura and the, the Mechamra and the Ramah say, you basically end up with Shnaim Shehim Arba, if I understand it correctly. You sort of have two situations which really can be subdivided farther, really into four situations. In terms of errors or mistakes or psulim in a Sefer Torah. First category would be, uh, I guess what you would call um, a smudge. Or a letter that has lost its tsura, its form. So if you have a letter that somehow the, there's a question if an aleph, for example, is actually an aleph or not. And there are halachas which govern what the proper tsura, the proper form of a particular letter ought to be. So with questions that fall under this category, they really get subdivided into two different types of situations. There's one type of situation where... Either, again, it's because of a smudge, because of it faded over time, a crack. Sometimes it's just because originally it wasn't drawn so well, so you can't tell. Like, certain things like that. Is it a base or a chaf? Situations like that. So, there, again, as I said, there are two types of categories. One category is, we just can't tell. It's a base or it's a chaf. I'm not sure. So, you've seen there's a halacha. It's a, sometimes you bring out a child who's a child, a six-year-old, who's not, not too smart, not too dumb, meaning he just is a simple kid. He just learned the Aleph Bays. And you ask him, what letter do you see? Meaning us, because we're used to, let's say, sight words, we're more advanced, and you're used to seeing, you know what's supposed to be there, so you might not really have the objectivity to say this letter is kosher or not kosher based on the context of, the, of the, where the letter is supposed to be, as opposed to just judging the letter based on its own inherent value. That's why you bring in a child who's a child, I don't know, five, six, four, I don't know, depending on the age, who can just look at it and based on his simple simplicity tell you what this letter is supposed to be. So there's one type of mistake that follows that kind of category. If it's, it's smudged, it's cracked, it's not so sure. So then you bring in a child like that and whatever he says, if he says the right thing, then it's kosher. If he says if it's the wrong thing, it's possible. However, there are other types of situations within this category where you can't tell the tsura of a letter, the form of a letter, where it doesn't matter what, what a child thinks or doesn't think. There are certain halachas, and it's really not here, it's in Simon Lamed Bays as well as in Yoridea, there are certain halachas of what must constitute the form of a halachic letter. So even if a child thinks it looks like a hay, it doesn't matter if there's certain things that aren't written correctly, even if the child gets it accurate, it still might be puzzled. So what's the difference between these two categories? You actually really need someone who kind of is very well versed in these halachas, what the actual minimum requirements for the tzura of a particular letter, because even though a child might think it's totally kosher, if it doesn't have the halachic minimum standards for what a given letter ought to be, it's going to be puzzle no matter what the child says. So you have to be very well versed in these areas of halacha, it's particularly, as I mentioned, Simon Laman Bays, which lost its fill in, Mishaburu goes through it in great, great detail, what every letter ought to be. So that's sort of the first one slash two categories. There's a second category of mistakes, which is typos. It was never written you know, correctly to begin with. It was, a word was misspelled. 
So there, it's not a matter, matter of does the form of the letter still, does it maintain the halachic tzura, the halachic form of a letter. Now we're dealing with, there's just a misspelling of a word. As an aside, I was actually talking to Rabbi Pesson, he agreed with me. I, we used, these types of mistakes, some of you in the room, you might have remembered, that these types of things happen much more often than they do today. There are two reasons why they're not so common anymore. They do happen, but not nearly as common as, let's say, 30 years ago. Two reasons. Number one, computer scans. All Sifrei Torah, virtually all Sifrei Torah nowadays are scanned through a computer. And not that it's perfect, and, and they're certainly, it, it, it's far from perfect. But the computer scans usually will spot misspellings. And therefore, it never, usually Sifrei Torah don't make it to the bima before all those errors are usually taken care of, but not exclusively. But back in the good old day, before computer scans, these types of things used to happen all the time, where a, letter, where a word is literally just misspelled. It was never kosher. It was never spelled correctly. Also, we have, me and Rabbi Locke, we're talking about so from nowadays of better training, different reasons why these things don't happen. But what happens if you come ahead, you come at your reading, and you come across an absolute error, a misspelling, and it's, it's a total typo, in, uh, in, the, in a word. So generally speaking, it's going to be possible. It has to be written kitikuno. However, there's one exception. There's something called chaseros vituros. There are certain types of letters which don't really add to any of the meaning of a word on any level. The Mishabur gives an example. Avosenu. Aleph, vez, vav, saf, yud, nun, vav. Vav. Oftentimes it could be spelled with chaseros vituros. Is that first vav. Aleph, vez, vav. Let's say it doesn't have that vav there. Oftentimes, that word avosenu is spelled with a vav. Sometimes it's spelled without a vav. If you come across a situation where there's a chasera or yatura issue, where a vav is supposed to be there and it's not, or it's not supposed to be there and it is, so then the halacha is you can keep on using that Sefer Torah, provided it doesn't change the pronunciation. So you really need two things. When you're dealing with chaseros v'yisuros, extra, it's just a matter of, I don't know why sometimes the Torah has it, sometimes it doesn't. If it doesn't change the meaning, nor the pronunciation of the word, so then you can keep on reading it. Another kind of situation of where this does apply is we have a b'mesor, we have a tradition, some letters are supposed to be big, sometimes they're smaller, the dots in the Sefer Torah, the inverted nuns, I believe, I, you know, things like that. If any of those are missing, the Sefer Torah is still kosher, you could still recite a bracha on it, at least according to the Ramah, and that would be okay. So again, chaseros v'yisuros, it would really depend on uh, it depends again if it changes the meaning or the pronunciation it's possible but if neither of those uh, if it doesn't change the meaning or the pronunciation you can keep on using the Sefer Torah I went way over but everyone have a great day